All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the. <sighs> My bad, I ran out of breath. Let's try it again. All right, <laughs> I've been working all day. Forgive me. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. all right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Atkins Family Podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Atkins, and I am accompanied by my lovely co-host, Takia Atkins. My wifey. Oh my god. <laughs> so speaking of wifey and wife material, uh, Takia, what is the topic we're going to be going over today? We are going to be going over the Proverbs 31 woman. This will be a series, so this is part one. Yeah, part one. Uh, Takia, so what do you what, what you think about it? Like when you first heard the idea, what did you think? Oh, the first, when you first said it, I was like, uh, I was like, dang, I ain't no Proverbs 31 woman. I just, my mind went to like all the stuff she, that the Bible says that she does. And uh, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't be doing that stuff. Well, I'm glad you said that. Cause I want to, I want to just put a precursor out there. All right. So when we start this teaching for all the women and the men, because we don't need these men out here trying to make the perfect Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah, uh, I think you guys need to remember. Remember, this is the this is a precursor. The statements in Proverbs are ideals, and they should be treated as such. While no woman is going to fully meet every standard that the Bible has laid out, we as Christians are called to sanctify ourselves, meaning becoming more like Christ. With any actionable principle of God, grace should be given for shortcomings, for we all fall short of the glory of God. Current wives and future wives should not be discouraged by the ideals that they will never truly meet, but be encouraged that through the grace of God and the power that has been given to us through the work of the Holy Spirit, we now have the ability to do good works driven by the love of God and the love God has for us demonstrated through the life, death, burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christian women should try to embody Proverbs 31, not in fear of judgment, but in gratitude of salvation. Just a quick precursor. The gospel is always essential. So remember, guys, we do these things out of the love that Christ has placed in us and for us. He has for us. So just keep that in you. Some of y'all's small minds, because I know we got some men out here that's going to Make it so every woman you talk to gotta mm-hmm. have that Proverbs thirty-one womanness to a T. And then you got some women who, you know, first glance they might get discouraged when they hear these things because they like, oh man, I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't stack up to that. So that means I'm undeserving of having a husband or I'm undeserving of dating anyone. I'm not as godly as I should be. Uh none of us are as godly as we should be, but we strive for sanctification and holiness every day amen 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 really so what else did you think when you first heard of the proverbs 31 woman idea um i kind of just thought it's a good it's a good place to start because i think uh when you're when you're as a woman then as a man really trying to prepare for marriage looking at the I wouldn't even say the qualifications, but just just characteristics that make a good wife and and understanding that if these characteristics aren't already there in some shape or form, 
uh, they probably won't ever be. And and w- what I mean by there in some shape or form is a lot of people have potential. You can see that with a little bit of guidance, they'll be great. But where they are right now, it's like, okay, we got some work to do. So um, I think it's a good it's a good reminder for me as a wife. And then it's a good teachable moment for other people who are not wives yet or who are wives and have just totally thrown out what God said about how we're supposed to be. Exactly. So husbands, we want you to recognize, recognize, recognize. We're not sitting here doing this so you can point out what they don't do. We want you to recognize the characteristics of your current wives that they actually have that are congruent with the characteristics of a Proverbs 31 woman. And we want you to appreciate, once you recognize these things, appreciate what you have, the gift that God has given you. This is, that is your wife is literally a demonstration of the favor of God on your life. Wives come from the Lord, at least excellent ones do. Um, (laughs) the ones that are laid out in Proverbs. And we want you guys to be transformed by this teaching as far as, um, especially husbands, when you, when you recognize and acknowledge the favor that God has given you, the grace that is on your life and his demonstrated delight in you through no action of your own. But (laughs) this favor is definitely evident if you have a good wife and she has the traits of the woman described in Proverbs and um, change for the better, you know, be a better husband because you have this newfound appreciation and this newfound understanding of the attributes that your wife hold that are actually, you know, not only are they, the Bible doesn't only describe that they are hard to find, but, you know, at least in the ESV version, it says who can find, you know, just to point out the fact that these are, these are God given things, you know, these are all gifts from God. A wife in itself is a gift from God. And again, like we said, wives want you to strive for this ideal as best as you can. You know, this is what we are called to do as Christians. So Christian wives try to be a Proverbs 31 woman as best as you can. And then future husbands and wives, this is good for you guys, too, because you can examine yourselves in preparation for marriage. Husbands, you know what to look for. Wives, you know what to act as. Or um, future husbands, you know what to look for. And future wives, you know what to act as. Anything anything else you think you could throw in there? Um, Really just I, I was looking at something today and just uh, always putting things into certain perspectives. Because some people hold uh, some of the things that, that are said in Proverbs 31 to be what a woman has to do. Like specifically uh, when it when it talks about things in the household and stuff like that, and they they forget that culturally things are different for women today than what they were back then. So a lot of things this this is what I that's why I said potential because a lot of things are 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 ideals that you can take away from, and they'll kind of look like what's in Proverbs thirty one, but it won't be that full picture. Because whenever you're reading the Bible, I was always taught to handle it with a, a looking at it from a, um, a contemporary perspective and a biblical perspective when you're actually seeing what these people were living like in that day and time versus what people are living like now. 
back then, you know, women were at home. There wasn't a lot of, um, it wasn't a lot for them to do outside of the home. Their primary responsibility was the home and they weren't working and, you know, getting degrees. They weren't educated. It wasn't, it wasn't what it is today. So you also have to take that into consideration um, as we're talking about this, because you can miss out on an excellent wife because you're wanting her to be the Martha Stewart in the kitchen. And then uh, whoever, when she cleaning up and all that, you know, all these names and stuff that these, these different qualities that you want her to have that are similar to what is stated, but taking away from the fact that her life looks much different than that particular wife's life looked because of what or everything that's different now. Exactly. And we're going to go over all that, you know, as we go through the, we're going to go all the way um, through Proverbs 31, starting at verse 10. And we will conclude at the end of Proverbs, of course, because this is the last chapter, but we're going to go through all of that and we're going to try to put everything in its proper perspective yeah, so that people don't go wayward in their application, in their interpretation of God's word. Yeah. God go home, got a husband telling his wife, you should be getting up early. The Bible <laughs> says you should rise early and you should be making our clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> no worry. We'll, we'll make sure to keep it going to get y'all right. Right. <laughs> what I mean, uh, so starting, um, you know, starting off this, uh, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman specifically starts off at verse 10. Before verse 10, you have verses 1 through 9, which are talking about something else. So we're going to start at verse 10. And um, the first thing that you'll no immediately see is uh, is stating an excellent wife is hard to find. Specifically, mm -hmm. the ESV version says, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. Um, you just see throughout the teaching that this this excellent wife that the Bible speaks of is... um. Ultimately, she's from the Lord, right? And we should treasure and love our wives as gifts from the Lord, as children of God. These people should be treasured, you know, the utmost. It says that the Bible says that she is far more precious than jewels. We're automatically, you know, told that a wife is hard to find. And she is far more precious than jewels. So in that first, you know, we, at first glance, we should automatically have this certain gumption to treat our wives and put our wives on a pedestal in a sense of, you know, putting their needs before us. We should treasure our wives. And I think this is anything that you could think of that you do to your wife that, you know, you should not be doing. You should always think it is a verse. Just have this verse as a reminder. Like, okay, hey, man, not everybody got a wife that's a good wife like mine. Not everybody, you know, everybody can't find this. This is the God. This is a God-given person to me. Hmm. Uh, what you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's I think it's fascinating because I've always surrounded myself with a lot of um, women. Older women, younger women, whatever. And, and I've had the opportunity to see uh, that some women just literally are. Th there is no way. It's almost like Paul where it's like marriage is not in the question. It's, it's, it's not whether it be because they are saying that or whether it be because you're looking at them and it's like, yeah, it's just it's probably never going to happen. And it's not a shot. It's just I think people 
don't realize that when you look at what we're talking about uh, in Proverbs, marriage in itself is a ministry. So everybody is not called to every ministry. So um, finding a wife, and I said all that to get to here, finding a wife is hard. Finding someone that, and I, and I think it's it's hard to find and it's and it's hard to keep because a lot of people don't even understand what a wife is. So most of the time, and I heard, uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was Kurt Franklin or something. He was reflecting with his wife. They've been married for over 20 years. And he said something about, you know, men chasing the biggest butt or the, the best cook or whatever. But that all that stuff, I mean, it's, if that's what you want, good for you. But all that stuff is, um, it's outside things. And you really have to learn how to focus on what's going on the inside with a person and with everything that's going on nowadays. And even when you think about what was going on back in the day, uh, when this was written, obviously there, God was trying to point out that there is some significance, some weight to finding this thing called a wife or not this thing, but you get what I'm saying to finding a wife. And, um, I think it can be kind of hard, you know, just looking at it from, from the aspect of a male, if you go all the way back to, um, to Adam, you know, he was by himself, he was doing his thing. And then, you know, he, he had everything set and then God gave him a woman and said, um, you know, this is your help me. And then when he looked at her, you know, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. And it was all just like, okay, he was appreciating her. Like it, and it, it when, and when it was all perfect, there was an appreciation for her, but then look what happened as soon as he sinned, he just blamed her. Like everything was her fault. And I think, turned on her. yeah. And I think <laughs> that's what literally what the enemy does when God gives uh, men this, this gift that's amazing. And, and then th she starts doing stuff that kind of rubs him the wrong way, or she starts challenging him or even challenging the things that he uh, thought before. Uh, because even though what, of course, we, we know that what Eve did was a sin. Absolutely. But Eve brought this this new thought and this new idea to to Adam's world. And instead of him now in that aspect, that's when, you know, that wife needs to submit and, and realize that what she did was wrong, you know. But in some aspects, I can imagine how that happens many times in a marriage where a man is already set. Because if you think about it, it's it's just like it is today. God gave Adam Eve after he had already been set after foundations had already been laid he'd already figured out how he was living what he was doing then he met Eve and so a lot of stuff had to change and at first he liked the change the change was good and then when the change got bad it was all her fault so I think that happens today uh in in marriages where it becomes a blame game uh, and we forget to value that rare, rare thing that we have in the other person. Exactly. The Bible speaks of the wife being the crown of the husband. You know, Proverbs 12 and 4, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. Um, I think we forget, you know, at the end of the day, if you have a good wife, if you got you a good woman, 
<laughs> he got you a good gal. And ultimately, she brings honor and esteem to you. And when you have someone who's doing that for you and you still go out and you want to treat her wrong, I mean, come on. Let's, you know, it's always, it's, it's the, the, one of the easiest things to say is like, would you want somebody doing that to your daughter? Think about this. Would you want your daughter, you know, being the best woman she could be for somebody else? And then he just doing it wrong. Right? He's like, come on, dude. Get it together. You ain't going to do my daughter like that. <laughs> but think about it like that, too. Like, the Bible says, like, the wife is the crown of the husband. This is, she, in aspects, is the very symbol of the royalty that you have in Christ. You know, she is a living example of God's good work in the life of the husband. I think that's, you know, um, something you can gather from the book of Proverbs. She is shown delight. She is favor, as the Bible says. She is favor. She is God showing you that he does love you. This is That is one example, you know, one of the smaller examples, because we know, we know the ultimate example of his love. But it's not just that. God does a bunch of other things besides just save. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I think I think it's interesting when it says the crown next to the wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. Um, it, it's, it goes back to that example with, with Adam and Eve, you know, when, when she did what she did, uh, it did bring shame. And it and was like rottenness is in his bones. So looking at it from from both perspectives of um, when you when you have a gift that's good and and we know the difference, uh, it is important to treat them the way that God will want them to be treated. And I was reading a book by uh, I think his name is Gary Chapman, but it it it, it lends to the point of what Ben was saying about. Um, you know, a lot of times we might throw out this statement, oh, would you want uh, someone to treat your daughter like you're treating your wife? And this man said he had a breakthrough in his marriage when he finally realized that uh, God was also his father, but God was his father, but also his father-in-law. Your wife is is so precious. And one of the main reasons, and this works both ways, whether we're talking about a wife or a husband, is that your wife is uh, a daughter of, of God. That's that's his child. So the way that you're treating her should reflect the way that God has ordained for you to treat her. And a lot of times that does conflict with society because you're looking at all of this so far. We've heard that uh, an excellent wife is hard to find so far. We've heard that um, she's the crown of her husband that directly goes against society these days. Women are seen, women and wives are seen as, oh, they're trying to tie me down. Uh, oh, they're going to hold up my dreams. Uh, oh, they're going to uh, have me coming in the house and I got to give up this and I got to give up that. And it's like, we don't even see what what the Bible says when it's talking about that crown. Right. When it's talking about marriage in general, uh, Pastor Dal um, or a minister, minister, speaker, whatever, another Christian teacher. That I watched named uh, Vody Bakum, you know, he would say that he would one way to have a bone to pick with him is if you say anything bad about what God says is good. Yeah. And God has nothing but good things to say about marriage. And he tells you, you know, the consequences for, you know, and, you know, uh, 
not going by his word when it comes to marriage, but marriage is good. Following God's word is good. Anything he creates is good. So I think we we need to change our perspective, especially when it comes to marriage, because marriage is not a ball and chain. Marriage is not being tied down. No, marriage is submission to God, which is good. Marriage is following God, which is good. Marriage is ministry, which is good. You know what is not good? It is not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it said in Genesis. Like I said before, your wife is proven favor. Bottom line, excellent wife is proven favor. So if you, especially if you are a Christian, man, you know, our secular folk, we expect y'all to not believe this sometimes. But even then, you know, you got secular husbands and wives who understand the importance and the value of their spouse. But it seems as though in the church, Mm. we can't get that. Mm. You know, Proverbs um, 18 and 22, you know, he who finds a finds a good thing. No, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and attains favor from the Lord. So like I said, your wife is an example of your favor. If you never got anything else in life, but you had a wife that you know was solid at the end of the day, you got favor. Simple. And she's from God. An excellent one is from God, which is another example of the hand of God being in your life. And this is for believers and non-believers because he reigns on the just and the unjust. So when you got wives for folk who don't believe, I don't care what you say, but that wife is a gift from God. Yeah, She is God's demonstration of kindness to the man. Because think about it like this. God don't have to give you anything. Mm. And the reason why a wife is a good thing is because we know in Genesis, it stated that a man being alone is not good. So that's how we know a wife is a good thing because after he said, Adam being alone is not good, what did he do? He gave him Eve. This makes the wife a good thing in a show and it's just another sign of favor from the Lord. Just another perspective change. Understand that this is favor. Be thankful and treat your wife as such. Just treat her accordingly to the rules and principles and guidelines set, out, set forth by the word. Absolutely. Um, I think people don't realize that statement and, and, and what what God was saying when he when he said it's not good for man to be alone. I think people look at it very at a at a surface level like, oh, OK, God gave Adam Eve. He gave her some company. He gave him some company, like just somebody to be there. Uh, but Eve was so much more than that. Adam was not able to rightly in, in the sight of God produce a family without Eve. Uh, there were so many things that she added to his life, added value to his life. And I, that's what wives today do. And I think that's why it's kind of hard sometimes to see it as a good thing and you obtain favor because I think uh, the church has kind of just painted this picture to where every good thing makes me feel good all the time. And that's simply not the case. So some people think, oh, my wife is is not a good thing. She's not my crown because uh, she make me feel bad. And she take away all my toys and all the things I like and all my time. So there's no way she could be a good thing. Ain't no way. You're looking at it totally wrong. 
and and then don't don't put a wife in a position where her only her only thing she needs to do is give you kids and stuff like that because uh the bible says that two are better than one when, when one falls the other person is there to pick them up and and that is one of the the greatest beauties I would say of marriage. I think a lot of people look at, oh, I don't have to be alone no more. And of course, you know, sex and those things are great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those things are great. But when like it's days like today where we just, you know, in the house chilling, putting stuff together. And it's like the simpleness of marriage is what makes things worth it. And then it really sinks in. I'm not alone as, as I'm doing uh, just simple things, you know, taking care of the child, dishes, uh, he put up a desk today, you know, all this stuff, realizing that someone else is there and not just there to fill a space. This other person, I think today was just the perfect example of it. This other person, my spouse is here to help me fulfill what I need to fulfill. Now, as a wife, uh, I would say for me, it's my job to help him get what he needs to get. Uh, in any way, shape or form that is. And to not, and I think for wives to not take lightly how you are helping your husband. Simple things that like uh, folding his socks, uh, putting his clothes up so it's organized. He know where his stuff at. He not all all through the house. Like, where is amen, this? Amen. Where is that? Amen. You know, like, and then and the church he, said, amen. Doing the, doing the dishes, you know. Amen. It's, amen. You're, con- you're making a contribution to his life. And him not being alone is shown in those moments. And I think that's where we need to lay our focus, not just in the company um, or not just what they might be taking away, but also what they add. And I know sometimes what they add, because I could say probably in the beginning of our marriage, all of the addition was like uh, too much at first, because you got to adjust to everything that's being added I got that adjustment period, right? <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta adjust to everything that's being added. But it's almost like climbing up a mountain and it's like, man, I'm halfway there and I don't know if I want to do this. But when you actually get up there and you see that sunset, it's like, okay, this is this was absolutely worth it. So I think it's about getting to a place where you start to see that you'll start to see everything God was trying to give you. Excuse me, when He gave you that wife. Exactly. And I think um another big thing is to Remember, is the specific sacrifices that marriage take, if they are things that you are sacrificing that don't even bring you closer to God, then I think those are very, uh, those are, those pale into comparison or pale in comparison to what a wife should be bringing you, especially when it comes to spiritually. Now, of course, we understand that the husband is the head of the wife and that goes for spiritually also, but Neither of, neither of us are perfect. And as Christians, we are called to keep each other accountable to the word of God. Mm-hmm. So just because you're the head does not mean you are above reproach when it comes to correction in the word. And then also sometimes as husbands, we are not more spiritually mature than our wives. In those times, mm-hmm. a wife can definitely help you grow closer to God and take your rightful place as the head of the household. So, Remember, the most important thing every time it comes to something regarding God is always your salvation and your sanctification. Ain't got nothing to do with you being happy. Nah, you can't tell them that. Nah, I'm telling you that. (laughs) Your salvation and your sanctification. Mm. All right. 
We're trying to grow closer in Christ. That's ultimately our goal as Christians. And in growing closer closer in Christ or growing, growing closer to Christ and growing in Christ, you know, it comes with a lot of things. And one of those things is if you're married, you will do X, Y, and Z, or you'll try to do your best, you know, to achieve X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that means treating your right wife right. Mm. And that means wives trying to be a Proverbs 31 wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so even another thing, right? So um, let's talk about this idea of prudence. Um, a good wife, oh man, a good wife, especially in a household, does not detract but multiplies. Mm. Um, and the Bible even goes to, goes as far as to say that uh, this is specifically stated in Proverbs regarding wealth. Uh, Proverbs nineteen and fourteen: house house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. And it's, you know, when you look at this, when you look at the the, the, uh, the text, you know, material wealth is given through natural means. You know, we could get, we can inherit things from our, our mom, our dad. We can inherit a house. We can inherit jewels. But you cannot inherit a good wife. <laughs> like this verse, if you look at the, the, the dichotomy between the A and the B part of the verse, house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but... You have a transition saying there's an exception. There's a there's an opposite. There's something on the other side. A prudent wife is from the Lord to draw a, a distinction between what you got from the earth, what you got from your mom and dad, what was given to you by natural means. Mm-hmm. But this prudent wife, and we'll go into what prudence uh, means, you know, is a gift from God. Once again, a wife is a gift from God. An excellent wife is a gift from God. It is a living example of the favor of God that is on your life. She is your crown. Brings you honor. And if you got a bad one, she could bring you distress. (laughs) (laughs) But this is just to show the importance and the, the, the vastness of the consequences of who you choose to marry can be because consequences aren't always bad. Consequences are good and there's bad consequences. And the consequences of the person you marry, in this case, we're specifically talking about the wife, mm. are dire mm. or they're, you know, beneficial beyond your imagination. I mean, it's just like when it comes to salvation, the consequences of not accepting Jesus Christ are dire. The consequences of accepting Jesus are literally beneficial beyond what you can imagine. Our our pea-sized brains can't even fathom Mm -hmm. the kingdom of God in its fullness and in its glory. But I think if us as husbands, we would look at how we treat our wives and our wives in that same lens, through that same lens. I think it is very beneficial in how we carry ourselves day to day. Absolutely. I'm going to let you get to the meaning. <laughs> and uh, jump he, in. Yeah. <laughs> so and when you look at this, this word prudence, you know, prudence means disciplined, you know, discerning, shrewd. A prudent wife manages her household so well she multiplies its assets. I mean, you could even, I don't want to diminish children to assets, but you can, she multiplied the household all right. <laughs> <laughs> But no, like understand these things. And you know, not every wife is going to remember, not 
all not every wife is going to exemplify all of these ideals piece by piece. But there is something that your wife is going to multiply in your household positively. Yeah. You know, you're good, you're, you're excellent wife, Elisa. If you got a bad one, you better pray. <laughs> <laughs> but a good one. There is something in your household that your wife is touching that is multiplying in a way that you could never make it grow. Mm. And I think that's the beauty of it all. When you're really looking at uh, clearly just pointing out that gift from God. When you think about getting a gift, uh, what do you do with gifts? Do you throw them? Do you try to destroy them? You know, do or do you take care of them? Um, exactly. I was even thinking like, you know, when you get a gift, even if you don't like the gift, you don't give it away, especially if it was given to if it was given to you by somebody you truly care about. Right. If it was given to you by somebody you care about, even if you don't like the gift, you keep the gift and you don't give it away. And <laughs> and, and and you know, uh like for example, someone gave me a tie. And I actually like the tie. Well, somebody asked me for the tie. They didn't ask me. They asked me in a roundabout way. They were kind of joking. But anyway, my response was, well, now I can't even get this to you if I wanted to, because this was a gift that was given to me. They ain't give it to nobody else. All right. And I think that's one of the things that really helped me. And I've said this before, uh, just going the other direction. But that's one of the things that really helped me on our on our wedding. The day of our wedding ceremony was really having to realize that uh, my spouse was a gift from God and trusting God's choice. Uh, if you've done the the work and actually walking through whatever you need to walk through, hearing from God and, and the ways that you hear from God and then taking that leap of faith with the other person, trusting that God would not give you a bad gift. Exactly. God wouldn't give you something that's not going to be good for you. Man, if we go going into the providence of God and how he acts on earth, I mean, it's some deep theology. But the simple fact that he allows you to get married to this person. I mean, Look. anyway, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> so, <laughs> but with prudence, you know, watching and I think it should be beautiful in, in the process of, of dating or courting, whatever you like to call it. I mean, even in marriage, watching the other person, watching how because, look, your wife is going to be in charge of a lot of stuff. Uh, whether you like it or not, certain things are just going to fall in her lap. She's And she's going to allow it to fall in her lap. Make sure you marry somebody that can handle that. Exactly. That is disciplined. And and make sure you handle and, and here's the thing. And and this is what I love. You know, nobody's perfect. We're not asking you to be perfect. We are asking you to be honest, though. So when something is lacking, being uh, humble enough disciplined enough to say look i don't even know how to do this like and then i think that goes along with choosing a good wife a woman who's not prideful who can who can say uh you know i really would like to do this but i don't know how exactly if you got one of them you need to go ahead and lock them up <laughs> yeah and, or just you know a woman who says look i know for me lately just like all of this stuff is supposed to come natural some of it doesn't I'm struggling. I'm going to go get some help. You know, stuff like that. Because people will label you weak because you need help. But that's really a disciplined person. That's the discerning person that says, look, if we're going to carry this train any further, whether it be with kids or even just with us or us together and us as individuals, uh, for the sake of my family, let me go do what I need to do to be healthy. And it's crazy because even one definition I saw, 
um, said prudence is um, someone who acts with care for the future. Yeah. Ooh. And that's, you know, like, I think that's crazy because I, it's almost like the way we're wired as, as man and wife, as, as a man and a woman. Men are more spontaneous in the moment. And, and that's why, you know, most most things roll off their shoulder. It's not really a big deal. You could probably say something sideways and they'd be like, all right, you know, what's for dinner? Whereas women are so just kind of everywhere. Left. No, let me stop. <laughs> See? See, he don't appreciate it. But uh, uh, <laughs> women are kind of everywhere. So, you know, you're looking at something you said and she's like, no, nah, we got to talk about this because she's looking at how that might impact the future. Something you did. And you're like, man, it was just a mistake. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not even trying to, you know, deal with it. And she's like, well, these are things that we need to work out for our future. These or or when a wife says, all right, I want to make this decision for our household. Uh, I want to cut this out or I want to add this in. Most of the time it has to do with the future. And that's that's a quality you can't beat. Hey, man, look, keep an eye out for these qualities. And if you're already married, I'm sorry to hear that. No. <laughs> but and I think that's the thing, too. You talk about the providence of God. Uh, did I say that right? Yeah. OK, so. Every like I said, potential, if someone is willing to get married, that says a lot. So even though I know some people might be like, oh, I got a bad wife. God can literally do the impossible. There is nothing, you know, no situation he can't change, especially if a person is willing, uh, because that's literally what uh, Christianity is. It's about changing, getting closer to Christ. So there is no lost hope. If both of you were bold enough to go and get married, that shows a sign of at least wanting to be what it is they said they were going to be. Yeah, that shows a sign. Hey. Keep praying. Pray for him. <laughs> Pray for him. Pray for him. So, I mean, we pretty much uh, went down everything for the first little first part of this series. Um, we'll continue to do this series. Um, I don't think it's going to be back to back to back, but we'll definitely eventually end up going through the rest of Proverbs. Remember, guys, I want you to, uh, husbands, I need you to recognize the excellence in your wife and understand the rarity and favor that comes along with these traits because everybody ain't got them. No. You start talking to other husbands, you, everybody got their set of issues, right? And some people, there's a lot of people you could talk to them who all have excellent wives and they'll say, but my wife ain't got this, but my wife ain't got that. Look, if you could, we could all make a list and find an excuse for X, Y, and Z. But I think Alan Parr uh, said it said it best and i think he was quoting somebody else um this was regarding divorce but i think it applies to even actions within marriage but the quote was i believe mm -hmm. don't quote me exactly but we should be finding every reason to stay in a marriage instead of finding every biblical loophole to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. so because <laughs> every loophole like for example and just for divorce every loophole you got to stay out of to get out of your marriage is 10 reasons the Lord laid before you to stay in it. Mm. But I ain't ready for that one. So I'm no. going to just move on. <laughs> so just remember the excellence of your wife. Understand the rarity and favor that comes along with these traits. Everything, every one thing you, you, you find in your wife that you don't like, you can find 10 things that, you know, she does very, very well. And, and with that knowledge, I need us as husbands to change for the better and align ourselves with the teachings of the Bible 
on how to treat the precious gift of God that is your wife. I need to do this. I mean, I, I, I'm continually doing this on a daily basis. Die into my flesh and the words of somebody else I know. I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> ah, that was hilarious. Ah, let me stop, let me stop, let me stop, let me stop. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, I knew what you was it just say. hit your head. Yeah. yeah, it finally hit you. Nah, don't say that. They ain't ready for that. We need to learn how to treat our wives. Um, simple. And even if you treat your wife good, better. Yeah. Kobe system. Mm-hmm. Kanye West said, how many records can my records break? Mm. I've already broken so many records. Kobe said, break more records. There you go. Treat your wife more better. And wives, future wives, wives, strive to meet the ideal that is laid out in Proverbs 31. Go read it for yourselves, people. Men and women. Try to reach this, you know, try to be this. This is, of course, this is an ideal. This is like the perfect. Not every, yeah. not everyone is going to, well, no one is going to meet this 100%. Okay. Nobody is going to be this in every, every respect, but every wife can try to be the best wife she can be. And if you try to be the best wife you can be, you're going to fall in a lot of, you're going to start to exemplify a lot of the traits that are laid out. Right. I don't know if you can speak to any of that, uh, here um striving to be i think one of the things that i realized very quickly in marriage was uh it's almost like these qualities took on a life of its own it wasn't really something maybe i was trained to do uh it wasn't really something i was even prepared for but as i started walking out trying to be a wife it's like stuff just started turning on switches that i didn't even know were there um, as it relates to being a being a wife. And, you know, one, one of the things that was really big for me, you know, and it was an adjustment period because you come in and it's, it's, it's bringing two worlds together. So a lot of things were kind of separate in the beginning. Uh, and just, you know, people were, we were out for ourselves, just making sure that we had what we needed. And then everything combined and it was like, you know, well, the least I could do is this or the least I could do is that. And then the least turned into, you know, doing a lot uh, that looked like what this wife does. And then sometimes, you know, I think I was hard on myself uh, and I started to look in, in the Bible and see that this is exactly what a wife does, because I was always in the mode of challenging my husband, always in the mode of um, questioning certain things and um or trying to get him to uh, max himself out and in, in some, I guess you could say it like that, but um, challenging him. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, that's control and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's you know, and I really started to look at it and it's like, no, I just, I really want the best for this person. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I know we didn't go to, uh, as far as the more practical stuff that Proverbs teaches when it comes to the wife yeah. But in this instance, you know, this not only is this only the first part, but this speaks to the husbands just as much as it speaks to the wives, because yeah. while this is this gives the wives ability to recognize, you know, their worth and their place in the life of their husband. This also gives the husbands the ability to recognize the wife's worth and their place in their life and how they should be treating them. Yeah. And it's a it's a mindset shift. If anything, you know, future husbands need to examine 
their dating partners to see if they are uh, they they show any traits that are consistent, you know, with Proverbs thirty one and uh, Proverbs, even the rest of Proverbs. There's a lot of stuff in there, um, and show and do they show any any desire to be better? And we're not talking about better as in what the world says is better, but what the Bible says. Mm. Do they show any desire to be better in Christ? And you're going to have to make some decisions on whether you need to continue. Uh, you need to pursue, you know, a dating relationship and ultimate goal for marriage or whether you should conclude that relationship. But mm-hmm. I'm not your counselor, so I won't give you the definitive. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, you need to <laughs> examine them. <laughs> and then uh, future wives, examine yourselves. Uh, begin the process of conforming yourself to the image and likeness of God. And you can start with Proverbs 31. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible. So we could give you just a little something. There's a lot of stuff in there, but, you know, try one thing. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the Proverbs 31 and 10 is more of an introduction to the, the rest of the palm. But... You know, go read the rest of it for yourself, and then in future episodes, when we go over the rest of the, uh, go over the rest of the chapter, you know, see if uh, what you got out of the chapter was what we got out of it. See if, you know, what we're saying is something that you guys you are implementing, and then uh, go from there. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, remember, guys, remember, 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 mm-hmm. remember, remember. The gospel is essential. Nobody is perfect. The statements and proverbs are ideals and should be treated as such. While no woman is going to fully meet every standard that the Bible has laid out, us as Christians, we are called to sanctify ourselves. We are called to become more like Christ. And with anything that the Bible says, grace should be given for shortcomings, for we all fall short of the glory of God. So for the current wives... Don't be discouraged. Just try to be the best you can be. Yeah. For future wives, don't be discouraged. Just try to be the best you can be and follow the word that was laid out before you. Christ died for all of us. And because of that death, we now have the ability to follow his word more better without the fear of judgment and in the gratitude of our salvation. Right. Any closing remarks to you? I would say really when you're, because we said for the woman to to go look at what this said and the men too look at what this said and kind of see if those ideals match. And I'll say this, the biggest takeaway is that looking at how that woman or you yourself looking at yourself as a woman, how your submission to God is, because every marriage is different and the role that you have as a wife in your household might not look like laundry and dishes and having kids. Some people might not want kids. Um, so making sure that the the number one qualification is how does your submission to God look Mm. and the things that he has called you to do, even in your singleness, what does that submission look like? And that's the key to getting this right. And really being a Proverbs 31 woman, she was submissive and everything she did. There was, there was a, a high level of submission. So wives, if you're looking at future wives, wives now, you're looking for a place to start. Check your submission to God. Because if it ain't right there, it's not going to be right anywhere else. Yeah, if you can't submit to God, you ain't going to be able to submit to no man. None. And, and then how do you know someone is submitting? You know, look at what God has laid out and how we are supposed to live. Do they make excuses? 
as to why they're not going to do that? Do they uh, say, oh, well, that's not if God has clearly laid out things and they're saying things like, oh, I'm not doing that this day and time. We don't need to do that. To each his own. Yeah. Stuff like that. If they're saying that, listen, run, run, bro. Run for the hills. It's not going to be any way you can could make shift that woman into any type of anything because she has already decided it's her way or the highway. Marry you a woman. And and as we said, keep in mind, nobody is perfect, but marry you a woman whose stance is, it is God's way or the highway. Because when things get rough, a Proverbs 31 woman is not a perfect woman, but she is a woman that will stand behind her commitment to herself, God and you. And that's where it is. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and folk and uh men, you know, just as quick side note, don't 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 go to women talking about submission, submission, submission. Oh, please don't. Uh please don't do that. Uh <laughs> you ain't gotta bring that. Like, I would just say if you if you honestly feel like you gotta bring that up, this might that probably might not be a woman you want to marry in the first place because not you enough. cannot force someone to submit to you because that's not submission. No. <laughs> that's your subject. That's <laughs> your slave. They're a subject. <laughs> So you can't force a woman to submit. She's going to submit to you as unto God if yeah. she is a Proverbs 31 woman. Exactly. If she is not, of course, no, it's perfect. But if she is not, she going to do what she want to do. She don't need no exactly. man. She- <laughs> the head bobbing and all. <laughs> I can do bad all by myself. Exactly. All right. Well, folks, that was another episode of the Atkins Family Podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Atkins, and I was accompanied by my lovely wife, Takia Atkins. And we'll see you next time, folks. Have a good one.